الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن أنزلناه في ليلة القدر وما أدراك مع ليلة القدر ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلام هي حتى مطلع الفجر سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم As human beings we exist in different spheres and within each sphere we have our responsibilities now the reality of responsibility is such that we aim to fulfill the res- the requirements of that responsibility but we often fail or better said we often uh, are suboptimal in fulfilling the requirements of any responsibility and i sometimes wonder what would it be like if with each responsibility we had at one set time point maybe once every 6 months or once every year or once every other year where we could sort of review that responsibility review the mistakes that we made with that responsibility and whoever was affected by it with whoever was affected by it and we would be removed or all of the mistakes that we had made would be removed and we'd be given a clean slate each time so for instance many of us work and there's a lot of responsibilities when it comes to the workplace we have responsibilities towards your coworkers we have responsibilities towards your clients your customers we have responsibilities towards your seniors towards the management towards your boss and once a year often you'll get together with your supervisor or your boss and they call this the APR and you have to sort of go over your responsibilities right and what if it was the case that in that meeting we'd go over everything and your boss would go over it and say that you know what you were late to these meetings you skipped out on a few of them altogether you submitted these reports late uh, we've gotten complaints about you from some ancillary staff what do you have to say for yourself and if we were to respond sincerely with i'm sorry what would it be like if your supervisor would say you know what don't worry about it let's just start from scratch forget about everything that happened before it'd be rare almost impossible you can take for instance your school let's say there was one day every year where you'd get together with your counselor and your counselor would review your records review your reports and say that you know you haven't been doing too well you're expected to perform well you came here you're paying tuition and yeah i see that you know you really struggled with your lsat your gpa has been dropping you are consistently late to all of your classes what do you have to say for yourself and you say sincerely with sincerity you say you know what i'm i'm really sorry and the response that you get is you know what don't worry about it let's just forget about everything that happened let's just start from scratch and then the following year the same thing happens you sit and you apologize 
and the counselor or your principal or whatever, whoever it may be says, you know what, don't worry about it. Just, let's just forget about it. Let's just start from scratch. We'll wipe away your MCAT. We'll wipe away your GPA. We'll just start from, from zero once again. What would that be like? We, many of us are married. If every year on our anniversary we got together over dinner and your wife says, you know what, I don't think you did a really good job fulfilling this responsibility. Right, and you have your performance review. You don't watch the kids. You don't help with cleaning. You don't help with cooking. Basically a couch potato. What's your response? And you say, you know what, I'm really sorry. Now, what, what would it be like if the response to that was, you know what, don't worry about it. Just Let's just pretend nothing ever happened. Anyone who's seasoned in this department knows that that doesn't exist. It doesn't even exist in, it doesn't even exist in the movies. But what if, the, what if it were the case that with each of these responsibilities, we were given this... That whenever we were to review our case once a year or once every six months, despite having failed at that responsibility time and time again, time and time again, with sincerity, with a sincere apology, the response is, you know what, don't worry about it. Let's just pretend nothing happened. And that's the genuine response you get. What would it be like? Now, when it comes to the relationship of Allah Ta'ala with His believers... Believe it or not, this is actually how it plays out. Once a year, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showers His extreme mercy on the universe. Extreme mercy on the universe. And He pitches to His servant the opportunity to apologize. Now if we look at our responsibility in our relationship with Allah, it's far greater than any other responsibility we carry. We have responsibility of salah, we have a responsibility of giving charity, we have a responsibility of remembering Him and raising His great name. We have the responsibility of following the teachings of His Beloved. These are tremendous responsibilities and yet it appears that year in, year out we we tend to fail at it. And yet Allah Ta'ala's mercy is so extreme that one night every single year Allah Ta'ala gives us that possibility to apologize. And if a believer sincerely I'm getting weird looks. Oh really? They can hear now? That was easy. Hold it like this? Okay, okay. So, um, so every single year, one night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us that opportunity to apologize. And this isn't something that I'm making up myself. This is established in Sahih Hadith. It was a very special night every year. And we know this night to be Laylatul Qadr. Allah Ta'ala says about it, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ لَيْلَةُ الْقَدْرِ خَيْرٌ مِّنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٍ That this night is so special that the worship that's performed during this night or the reflection that's performed during this night is equivalent to greater than a hundred... خَيْرٌ مِّنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٍ Greater than a thousand months. 
greater than a thousand months of worship. And in hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, No, I just told you have to keep it as Saudi. If you put it here, they can have No problem. Yeah. It's like I feel that that relationship. So, <laughs> we'll let you do that, inshallah. We'll save the, that part for you. So in Sahih Hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, مَنْ قَامَ لَيْلَةَ الْقَدَرِ إِمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا That a person who stands on the night of power, إِمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا In good faith, and expecting and hoping for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and reward, غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ That all of that person's prior life's worth of sins are completely forgiven. Completely forgiven. Meaning we have one night where Allah Ta'ala is asking us, well, what do you have to say for yourself? And if we turn back to Allah Ta'ala sincerely, now the apology to Allah Ta'ala is in the form of standing in prayer and sincerely wanting that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala forgive us. Iman and Wahtisaban, right? Standing in prayer, expecting it and hoping that Allah Ta'ala will forgive us, that's the form of the apology. But if we do this, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes away our entire lifetime worth of sin. Forget about everything. Let's just start clean. Clean slate. This exists. It exists in our relationship with Allah. It exists in our relationship with our Creator. This is the beauty of Layyatul Qadr. A very blessed night. A very blessed night. Now we know about Layyatul Qadr that it can occur on really any time of year. But when you narrow it down from hadith, it seems to occur in the month of Ramadan, and in particular in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And uh, many ulama, based off of a hadith, say that it's most likely to occur in one of the odd nights in the month of Ramadan. Now there's uncertainty as to when it is. It could be tonight. Tonight is an odd night, and we're in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. If the 23rd is very possible, it's today, and it's very possible that if it is today, that we turn back to Allah Ta'ala and worship, standing in prayer, and sincerely turning back to Him, and Allah Ta'ala will forgive us of our entire lifetime worth of sin. This is our annual performance review. This is it. This is our opportunity. This is our chance to have Allah Ta'ala forgive us and allow us to start clean. This is the mercy of our Lord. But the question then is, well, why is it that we don't actually know exactly when it is? This is such a blessing. This is such an extreme mercy. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we as a community, we as an ummah, just knew that look, this is the one day that you absolutely need to focus. And this is the one day where if you were to put all your efforts together, you were to plan for it accordingly, you were to bring your bedding and just camp out in the masjid, you were going to perform all 20 rakah tarawih, you're going to perform tahajjud, and you'll be able to maximize and the entire community will benefit. It was actually a desire of the Prophet ﷺ that the community know exactly what day it was. Because he had a deep, deep love for his ummah, for all of us. He had a deep love for us. He would want, in general, he would want every, anything to be easy for us. This was his nature. That for my ummah, I want everything to be easy. I want everything to be easy. I want it to be as simple as possible because I desire that everyone from my ummah reap the benefits in, from Allah Ta'ala's rewards and every single one of my uh, members of the ummah will enter into Jannah. So it was his desire. Then one day, Allah Ta'ala actually revealed to the Prophet Wasallam the exact day of Laylatul Qadr. Allah Ta'ala revealed to him exactly which day it was. 
This is narrated in two hadith. One is in Sahih Muslim, and Abu Sa'id al Khudri narrates this. And there's one also in Sahih Bukhari as well. One day, the Prophet was actually told to him what day Laylat al Qadr was. And he says that he then had left to, he then came to his community, meaning to the Sahaba, to tell them what day it was. And on his way, he saw two people, two companions, two Muslims, who were arguing with each other. Two companions, two believers, were arguing with each other. And he says that with them was shaytan. Because whenever there's an argument, there's always a third individual present, or a third being present, and that's shaytan. So the Prophet ﷺ says that I came to you to tell you when Laylatul Qadr was, but on the way I saw two people fighting, two people arguing, and so that knowledge of when Laylatul Qadr was was taken away from me. The effect of two people arguing with one another. The effect of two people fighting or quarreling with one another. Because of that, the extreme mercy of Allah Ta'ala was taken away. Highlighting to us that what sucks away mercy, the mercy of Allah, the barakah of Allah Ta'ala, is when believers argue and fight with one another. Now think about it. How amazing would it have been if we were to just know exactly what day it was, right? We would be able to focus. We'd put all our efforts in. We'd put all our eggs in one basket and say, listen, everyone has to come. It's the 27th night. It's the 25th night. The masjid would be 100% packed. We'd know with certainty that we had to pray every possible rakah. We, we would know that we'd have to turn back in sincere tawbah to Allah. And all of us as an entire community would have our lifetime worth of sin forgiven. How amazing that would have been. What a mercy of Allah that would have been. And that was given to the Prophet ﷺ, but the reason it was taken away was because two people were fighting together. And that had such an effect on the Prophet ﷺ that the knowledge of Laylatul Qadr, of the exact night of when it occurred, was taken away from the Prophet ﷺ. And as a result, the entire Ummah today is still, uh, uh, is still at a loss because of it. So what highlights to us, as we go over the benefits of Laylatul Qadr, we hear many times about how much benefit there is, how much reward there is, an important lesson that we often miss is, is this, is that the act of fighting with another believer or, or arguing or quarreling with another believer is so hated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that in any circumstance in which this occurs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes away barakah. He takes away His mercy. And we have to be very mindful of this. We have to be very mindful of this. This is the reason that often barakah is sucked away from a home. You look at the relationships that we have, for instance, with our parents, right? Arguing and fighting with our parents or raising our voices at our parents. There's absolutely no excuse to do it. When an individual engages in this sort of a, a sin, then Allah Ta'ala's barakah is removed from that home. And then you can feel this emptiness and you can feel this, this almost like this enclosure, this tightness. It's completely removed. But when Allah Ta'ala's mercy is on a home, then it's expansive, it's wide. You can feel that. There's no excuse for a person to raise their voice against their parents, and yet this is such commonplace, such commonplace, that we argue with our parents. Imagine the barakah that's being sucked out. Allah Ta'ala says in multiple places in the Qur'an, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ إِحْسَانًا That we advise you to treat your parents with ihsan, or husna, with excellence. With excellence we advise you to treat our parents, so much so that we're told, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْ That you shouldn't even utter the word uf to your parents. And if they become older in age, then care for them, because they cared for you. 
And yet we have this tendency to argue and want to fight and raise our voice with our parents. But what we're essentially doing is we are sucking away the barakah from the relationship and then that sucks away the barakah from the home. The same thing happens with our children as well. Sometimes we get so carried away, our anger is so out of control, we're so rash that we lash out at them for perhaps you know, even little minor things at times. And we do it inappropriately, we scream, we yell to the point where we essentially throw them out of our home. We're removing the barakah of Allah Ta'ala from our homes because of it. We, this happens very commonly, it's commonplace between spouses. Right, that a person, uh, that a husband isn't able to control his emotions, and a wife isn't able to control her emotions, and what happens? There's bickering, fighting, and arguing in every single household, and and it's not that anyone ever plans this. Shaytan knows this full well. Recall that in the Hadith, the Prophet said, uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said that the Prophet said that he was those two people were arguing, quarreling, and who was with them? Shaytan. When two people are arguing and fighting, when a husband and, and wife are arguing and fighting and screaming and shouting at one another, then there's always someone else with them in shaytan. It's not that it's planned. It's not that, you know, the wife comes home, on the way home, she says, you know what, I'm just going to give it to him one day. I'm just going to give it to him one day. And then, you know, it's never planned that way. But shaytan recognizes that if he's able to cause a, a fight between the husband and wife, that he can destroy the house in just a, a, matter, of, a matter of a few moments. So what happens? It starts off as something small. Why well, did you say that? What did you think about this? And then it escalates very quickly. One person raises their voice. The, the husband raises his voice. The wife raises her voice. They're trying to one-up each other. And then it just becomes this feud. And then things start flying across the room. And, you know, I never really liked you. And all of these crazy statements begin to come out. And eventually one person says, you know what? I'm out of here. And then it destroys the relationship. And shaitan is sitting here enjoying it. When two believers fight with one another or argue with one another, it removes barakah from relationships. It removes barakah from relationships. And this doesn't just occur within the home, although this is extremely prevalent within our own communities, within our own homes, but it's prevalent in the community at large. That over minor issues, we tend to, we tend to fight. We tend to argue. We tend to raise our voices. We tend to... We don't, we don't like when someone disagrees with us, although there's tremendous room for disagreement within the community. The Sahaba themselves disagreed with one another. But there are ethics to disagreement. It isn't that because I am a somebody, because I have a PhD, because I have this degree, or because I come from this lineage or this background, that my voice needs to be heard within the community and everyone else is wrong, and I'm going to raise my voice until my opinion is above everyone else's opinion. This is the attitude that we have. But what happens if the, uh, if the mercy of knowing what Nadat al-Qadr was could be removed because of fighting and arguing and bickering, then imagine what other mercies we're losing when we fight and bicker within our own communities. This is something we should be very mindful about. And whenever Laylatul al-Qadr or the possibility of Laylatul al-Qadr comes near, we should really reflect upon this fact. We should reflect upon Allah's mercy. We should reflect upon the ability to turn back to Him, the ability for our sins to be forgiven. But we should also reflect upon how important it is for us to be civilized humans with one another. That we be very careful with controlling our emotions, whether it be anger, whether it be pride, whether it be uh, whether it be haughtiness, whatever our struggles might be, that we be very careful about this. The last thing that we want to do is oppress someone in this world. When we oppress anyone in this world, be it a loved one, a father, a child, a mother, a, a spouse, a cousin, a relative, an aunt, an uncle, our neighbors, someone down the street, someone in the community, when we do this, then we are withholding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy from us. And that is a dangerous game to play. 
Now, if Allah Ta'ala's mercy is held from us in this world, that's a struggle. But if Allah Ta'ala's mercy is held from us in the hereafter, then we are all in big trouble. And the principle of this is based in a hadith of the Prophet When he says, Those people that show mercy, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, or the most merciful shows mercy to them. So then the Prophet says so beautifully, Show mercy to those that are on the earth. Show mercy to every everyone that's on the earth. Any person that you interact with deserves your mercy. Every single individual that we interact with, or, or every single person you can that, that we interact with, deserves our mercy. And if we do that, then the one who's in the heavens, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then show his mercy to us. And then the hereafter, when we're in desperate need of Allah Ta'ala's mercy. This is what So be very careful. Be very careful about usurping the rights of other people. This is so highly emphasized in our deen. Be very mindful about the rights of others. Do whatever you can with whatever control you have to control your emotions. Be very mindful about the people that are close to you and the people that aren't so close to you and show your mercy to everyone on the earth. And inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will show us mercy in the hereafter when we need it most. So may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala grant us tawfiq to benefit from Laylat Al-Qadr. May Allah Ta'ala forgive us of all of our past mistakes on these this blessed night. And if it's this night, then we ask that Allah Ta'ala allow us to turn back to Him in sincere repentance. And may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala protect us from the fitna of, of, of fighting and arguing and quarreling with one another, especially when there isn't room for it.